as Brother Cecil already mentioned this morning, I'm going to be preaching on worship. And we have the woman at Jacob's well. John chapter 4, verse 10. If you're there, please say amen. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of, of this water shall thirst again. And whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husbands, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thine husband, and that thou saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceivest that thou art a prophet. Our fathers, and she's referring to the, the fathers of the Samaritans, worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23, here's the text. It says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Close your eyes and let's pray. God, as we come to this wonderful scripture, God, I just pray that you would open hearts to receive your word. And that, Lord, you would speak to people this morning. And God, I pray that you would help us. Lord, if we ever come into this place and have a service that is devoid of worship, God, I just pray that you would help us to understand what true worship is this morning and, Lord, what it is not. And God, I just pray that you would, Lord, touch people. God, minister to people this morning. Use me as your vessel. God, give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We know this story, a lot of you know it, and, and a lot of times this story is actually preached as more of a salvation text, and it sure enough is, uh, Jesus talks about the, the well of living water, and we all know what he's referring to, or at least we should, he's referring to accepting him, and that when you do that, the Holy Spirit moves into your life and, and actually gives you life from within, that's how that works. And he's talking to this woman who is a Samaritan woman, and Jesus actually sets this up. He knew that he was going to go this way. 
And he went this way on purpose and he sat down in the middle of the day and started talking to this woman. Now I want you to understand this, that this was a very odd thing for a Jewish man to do. For a Jewish man to talk to somebody that was not his wife, especially alone, was, was not necessarily the thing that was looked up upon as the best thing. But Jesus saw beyond that because Jesus was God. He was not just a man and he, he knew that this woman was going to be there. Now to say that this woman probably had some marital problems was an understatement. Wouldn't you say amen to that? I mean she had five husbands and now she's, she's living with a guy out of wedlock and, and, and Jesus identifies this to her and, and she's honest with him and then he, he starts talking to her and then as soon as Jesus identifies her sin what she tries to do is, is change the subject. Now I want you to understand this, that, that this part that we have here, and this is something that every Christian should be familiar with about worshiping in spirit and in truth, it is actually a parenthetical conversation in the middle of another conversation. So this woman tries to change the subject. Instead of saying, you know, thou hast spoken well, what can I do to, to get forgiveness of my sin and, and accept you? She says, you know what? She said, you're a prophet. And so people used to worship in this mountain and so, and so you must be a prophet. And she tries to change the subject to actually worship. And she talks about where men ought to worship. And she said, you know, you Jews say that we ought to worship in Jerusalem. And I'm a Samaritan. I say that we worship here on the mountain. And, and, and Jesus said, that's not what this is about. Do you, do you see that in this scripture? I'll read it again one more time. In verse 21, it says, Jesus saith unto her woman, Believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. He said, you, you really, in verse 22, you don't even know what you're worshiping. But verse 23, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now when a, a, somebody says the word worship, whether it be a, the pastor of the church or the song leader or whoever it may be, it, I guess it invokes different thoughts for everybody. Wouldn't you say that? I would say in our own mind we all have an, an idea of what worship looks like and what worship is. And, and we may have a lot of you that, that grew up in church and have been in church for a long time, you know, you may think of, of worship as, as it, what we would say in the olden days it used to be, you know, when, when people would run the backs of the pews. Has anybody ever seen anybody run the backs of the pews? Joanna has seen that. A few of you have. Some of you are looking at, like, looking at me like I'm Pentecostal now. Calm down. It's okay. And, and, and people would shout, and, and I've heard stories of, 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 you know, just people just worshiping for hours and hours and hours. And that may be what some of you uh, think about when you think about worship. And then some of you, no doubt, get the idea of, of worship as, as this deep, just, just like a, a, a very solemn thing, a state that you, that you enter into of just great reverence. You know, where, where you're, you're thinking on God and you're thinking of, of all of God's attributes and all these things and you enter in maybe into a state of worship. But let me say this before we go for any further in the message. 
that worship is not just one particular time in your life. Worship is not just, uh, you know, one hour of the day. I saw somebody in a shirt this week, and it reminded me of this number. It was, it was 1 in 168th. 1 over 168th. And it was a fraction. And you know what that fraction is? That's how many hours of the week that we have on here at church on Sunday morning. We actually have Sunday school. That's another hour. But we have our worship hour. That's one hour. But let me ask you this. Do you think that God is satisfied if we only worship one hour out of the week? I would say that's a resounding no. But people, people often get confused and they say, well, well, how do I worship or what must I do to worship? We think about it and, and, and like I said, we all get different thoughts about it. But really what I would like to say, and I'm just going to give you a few things. And again, uh, my voice is going to run out of steam this morning. So I'm going to give you everything as quick as I possibly can. But I want to worship how the Bible tells me to worship. Amen? You know, we can, we can think of the ways that we think it, what worship is. But the first thing that I want to say is this. It's that God cares about how you worship Him. God cares about that. It, it, it's not just that we can just give anything to God and label it as worship and then that's it. And, and we say, well, there, there's our worship for the week. We can't just do that. In fact, I'll give you the, just the last, last section of this verse here. It says that, that the hour cometh and, and is now. And then it goes on at the end of verse 23. And it says, and the Father seeketh such to worship him. That God is actually seeking out. What that means is that God is actually looking for you to worship him. Now, there's a difference in praise and there's a difference in worship, all right? And I'm not really going to get too deep into that. But I think what we need in our church today and, and in every church across the nation is a good grasp on what biblical worship is and what it looks like. We need worship to return to our churches. We need the focus to return to God in our churches. Could you say amen to that? And so God cares about how we actually worship Him. And, th and this means a couple of things. So the first thing is he actually prescribes how we are to worship him. He actually gives us the, the things that we are to do. He says, he says that there are true worshipers. Verse 23 says, The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers. That means that there is false worship in this world. Now that should be very obvious. You could say, well, I can see false worship. Surely he's referring to the Buddhists and the Muslims and, the, and all these other religions and all these other things that people worship. And yes, he can be referring to that as false worship. But let me, under, let me just throw this out there that, that there are people in this church, sometimes myself included maybe, and, and I'm ashamed to admit this, that sometimes we worship other things besides God. You know, you can worship a bank account. You can worship a job. You know, some people in this world, this, this may sound ludicrous to some of you, but some people worship their family. Now, loving your family, that's not a bad thing. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say here. But some people actually put their spouse and put their children ahead of God in their lives. Whatever you, you spend the most time in devotion to and what, whoever you love the most, that will be who you worship. 
And for some people, it is their children, it's their family, it's their job. Well, I could just name a lot of things that we put in front of God. But he said, this is what true worshipers do. I want to be a true worshiper. I don't want to come to church and, and when I leave here, God, look at me. Because remember, God's seeking true worshipers. And God look at me and say, well, you know what? That way he didn't worship in truth that morning. Well, if it's not true worship, it must be false worship. It's one or the two. And I would like to be on the side of true worshiping. Verse 23, he says that the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Now it says that this is the first thing is God cares about how how he's worshipped. And so the first way that we must worship God is in the spirit. Now some biblical biblical scholars would argue that 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 should be the, the Holy Spirit. They should have put a capital S in there. I would tend to disagree with that simply because the Holy Spirit hadn't been given to men at this time when we read John chapter 4. You can talk to me about that after service if you disagree. But what he's talking about, when, when we see a lot of times when we see a reference to the Spirit, he's talking about the inside of us. He's talking about our innermost being. He's talking about our heart. Not the one that's in there thumping and pumping blood all over to your, your body. But he's talking about the innermost part of you. Who you are. You know, and in fact, we can't even worship God in our flesh. I know that because of Philippians chapter 3, verse number 3. The apostle Paul says, for we have the circumcision. What that means is we're saved people. He said, we worship God in the Spirit, there's the capital S, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh. We must understand that when we worship God in the Spirit, it means among other things that it must originate from our heart, but it's got to be sincere. See, a lot of times worship ends up being half-hearted in church. Wouldn't you agree with that? You know, uh, this, this morning... I was thinking about when I, when I came in for prayer at uh, 8.45, and I was in there praying, and, and praying is one way that you can worship God. And uh, I just couldn't get my mind on prayer, and I was distracted. And I think a lot of people get distracted from what worship is, and, and they think about things, and they see things that are going on in the service, and they get their mind off of what, where it should be, and, and which is on God and on other things. And so worship starts inside of us. And, and we think about the Spirit. And when a lot of people hear the word Spirit, worshiping in Spirit. See, a lot of people think that worship is either worshiping in Spirit or in truth. But you must understand that it's not worshiping in Spirit or truth. It's worshiping in Spirit and in truth. Amen? And so a lot of times what people do and what, what, what I've seen in a lot of churches. I've, I've been to a lot of, of different kinds of churches. And I, when I used to travel and sing, I actually traveled with a group that was from the Church of God. That, that was their denomination. And they took me some places where I thought I was going to have to put my snake boots on, okay, if y'all know what I mean. I walked in one church and thought I saw a snake laying on the pulpit. And I was about to make another door to get out of there. 
And so a lot of times people think about that. When they think about worshiping in spirit, they, they, they think about worshiping only in spirit. And they judge the success of their worship. By Get this. Pay attention to me. They judge the success of worship by the thrills and the chills that they feel in their body. And they think, well, that's spiritual because I felt something. And surely if I felt something and, and something rose up in me and I got worked up, that surely that must be worshiping God. Did you know this? I'm going to give you a little bit of scientific information. That scientists have proven that music, and we, well, I like music, don't you? Some people hate music. And some people argue, well, this is the best music, and that's the best music. And that's not what this is about this morning. But actually, what, what music has been proven is that if you turn a bass up loud enough, and, and if you, anybody in here, don't admit it, if you've ever been to a rock concert, don't, don't admit it. But if you'll notice, if you've ever been to a rock concert, they'll have the bass and it's just punching you and you can feel it in your chest. And it is proven that, that something about that will actually work you up and get you into a frenzy. You ever seen that where people at rock concerts and, and all that, they'll be just into it? You ever seen that? And that's their point. They want to get you worked up so that you'll like them and you'll spend your money with them and whatever. And so it's not just that the music that we sing here is not to work you up, okay? Say amen to that. But that you can get worked up in other things beside the things of God and it looks like worship. And, and I, don't, I don't like throwing off on, on anybody, but a lot of those churches that I've been in, that's what they focus on. They get in a real rhythmic style, and they just try to get people worked up. And when they leave, they say, well, you know what, Sister, Sister Holly, she shouted, and, and Brother George, blessed his heart, he started running the aisles, and, and, and somebody threw their Bible up in the air. Man, we must have worshipped God today. And is that possible? It is. But it's not just about the Spirit. See, sometimes we come to church and we think if we don't see somebody raise their hand or we don't hear anybody say amen to not the preaching but also the singing or, or to the Word of God, then we think, well, nobody must have worshipped. That's not true. Worship is not always about the things that we do and about the scene that we make and all this. It's about where your heart is and is your heart directed toward God. He said the first place that we must worship is in the Spirit. And if you don't start in the Spirit, you can't have anything. But then on the flip side of that, now let's go to the other side of the aisle here. It says that they that worship the, the Father must worship in Spirit. And then it says, and in truth. For God is the Spirit and they that worship Him must worship Him in Spirit and truth. He reiterates it. He says it twice just in case we didn't get it the first time. And if anybody knows how to worship God, I believe that Jesus would know what God, how, how God wants us to worship Him. Wouldn't you say amen? And that's Jesus Himself speaking. And so on the other side of it, we must understand, and, and this, this goes in, in part to what I was saying about, about the frenzy that we, get, we can get worked up into. True worship, the truth, in spirit and in truth. What, what is the truth? I've said this before and I'll say it again. Here's the truth right here. Your Bible. Nobody in this service, I, I hate to pop, your, pop the bubble if, you're, if you've got this, but, but nobody has received a direct revelation from God to worship God any differently than what this word says. Amen? 
I will say to you this morning that if you believe that God has spoken to you and to do something contrary to the word of God, that is a lie. We worship God through the truth. And the wonderful thing about this is, is the reason that we worship God in truth is because this Bible is how we know about God. This is how we know who God is, what God is, what, what His attributes are. And we, this is oh, such a wonderful thing that we have. And so some people think, well, I only need to worship God based on, on, on the, the truth of it. And they're actually offended. People get offended if, if somebody says amen too loud. Or if somebody does this. I, can I tell you all a funny little story? It's sort of a joke, but it will prove my point. I heard a, a, a joke one time, a story, whatever you want to call it. This, about this new woman came to a church. And... Uh, she came down to the aisle and, and the preacher was preaching and the church was dead quiet. And the preacher said something from the Bible that was true. And she said, Amen, brother. And, uh, you know, everybody kind of was surprised. And, and here in a minute, she, something else was said. And, Amen, brother. And, and by the end of the service, she had done it. And finally, two of the deacons got up. Charlie and Mike would never do this to you, I promise. But two of the deacons got up and they went down to the front and, and they asked her what was going on. And she said, she said, well, I just love the Lord. And, and there's just something in me that, 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 that just is springing up. And those guys said, well, would you please be quiet? You didn't get that here from us. And they walked her out. They, and I've, I've about seen that in some churches where, where somebody would say amen and, 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 and people just would just about lose their mind. Some people get offended when people worship in the Spirit. But, but the thing about it is we've got to worship in the Spirit and truth. You can't, you can't worship in one without the other. The reason that we worship in Spirit, the reason that our heart goes to God and, and worships God is because of the truth that we have in Him through His Word. That's why we worship God. We wouldn't be able to worship God in Spirit if it were not for truth. Can you say amen to that? I'm going to read you a quote from John Piper. He's a, he's a, a very famous author. And I'm going to read you a direct quote from what he said. And this, this rings true, so just bear with me. It says, Truth without emotion produces dead orthodoxy and a church full of artificial admirers. On the other hand, emotion without the truth produces an empty frenzy. And cultivate shallow people who refuse the discipline of rigorous thought. But true worship comes from people who are deeply emotional. And who love deep and sound doctrine. Strong affections for God rooted in truth are the bone and marrow of biblical worship. That's what this is all about. It's not about strong emotion. It's not about too much of one thing or the other. It's about that good balance. And so when we, when we have our singing, you know, I'll say this, that some people get worked up in music, but you know what you should really be paying attention to, and this should go without saying, is what is the song actually saying? I make sure, and me and Cecil, well, I, I mention you in every sermon. You need to just get out of my sight one Sunday or something. Maybe I won't mention you. But, but I, I want to make sure, and Cecil does, that the songs that we sing focus on God 
Now, when we're in church, when we're here together in this corporate worship setting, our songs... Now, now I'll say this, that if I ever step into the pulpit and give you anything but truth, I don't need to be in the pulpit, okay? The preaching should always be truth, no matter what. But listen, I believe that, that our singing should be truthful as well. You know, it should be focused on God. Uh, there's a lot of things, and, and, and some, some would argue with me, and, that, and that's okay. But there's a lot of songs that are about I, about me, about us. And, and really, at the end of the day, leading into my next point, worship is about God. At the end of the day, it's not about me and you. It's not about, get this, worship is not even about how we feel at the moment. Because if, if worship came from feeling good, if worship came when we felt like worshiping, you know when we would worship? Probably almost never. Because, because we're always, it seems like, dealing with something that, that things are not good. You know, sometimes we have really good days, but it seems like there's a lot of bad days that go along with them. Wouldn't you say amen? And, and I think about people that are dealing with things and people that are hurting. And, and just, just sitting right here, I see sweet little Miss Vivian. And, and did you know that Miss Vivian, she's in mourning still, but she can worship God in the middle of that. And people are dealing with health issues and people are dealing with things that, that are, are not great in their lives. And they may have children that, are, that are, have turned their back on God. And they may have a, an, even a, a bad marriage. But listen... You can worship God in those states because worship is about God and it is not about us. I can't worship God based upon the fact that I'm having a great day. I can't worship God just because I feel like it. Sometimes I do feel like worshiping God. Sometimes it just happens and I worship God spontaneously. And I'm not saying that worship should be forced. I'm not saying that we should say, I've got to worship God. But let, let me tell you, if you're waiting on the perfect opportunity to worship God, when you feel like it, it'll not get here. It's about Him. It's not about me. Understand that. You know, we would have a, a, lot more, a lot more worship in the church if we could just, just get that in our heads. Just turn your focus on God. You know, some people don't like the, the certain style of preaching, and so they, so they, they don't want to work. You know, you can worship during preaching. You're not worshiping me. You're worshiping God. Amen? And they say, well, that guy, he, he, he gets too loud, or maybe he's too quiet, or the sermons are too long, or, or the sermons are too short, or, and whatever. And they go in with this predisposed idea that they don't like what's going on, and therefore they don't worship. Or the singing, I don't like that style of music, and I don't like the way that this happens or that happens. And if we, if we only did it this way, then I could worship God. It's not about how you want it. It's about God. Can we, can we get that, please? It, it, can, can we understand that this morning? Worship is about God. And we need to get that in our minds. Please get that in your minds. When you, I, I would beg you, I would beg you, please, 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 when you come to church, do your best to prepare to worship God, okay? Did you know that you, you can't worship God with sin in your heart? Remember, God's seeking people to worship Him in spirit and in truth. And you can't do it if you've got sin in your heart. 
You can't do it if you've got these ideas of what a perfect church service would look like. And, and I, I say this very lightly, but, but in the world that we live in, a lot of times we have church hoppers. Anybody ever church, heard of a church hopper? Here I go, amen. I think that's their mindset. I, I, w- I could worship God if I found this. I could worship God if I found that. And their heart's not prepared for worship. They're, they're, they're going into it with the wrong idea. If there is any truth ever in, preached in a church service or sung in a church service, you can worship to that. It may not be that you shout and run the aisles or, or whatever it is. I, and I'm not saying I'm looking for that and I don't know if God is either. But what I'm saying is that, that wherever you're at, just worship God. Be prepared to worship Him. And then lastly, and I'll almost be done here in just a, a few minutes. I'm not going to give you a time frame because that would make me a liar from the pulpit if I said give me five more minutes. But let me, let me tell you this, the last thing, and I just alluded to it, is that worship encompasses our whole life. It's not just about the hour that we're here. And in fact, I'll, I'll say this, that there's a difference, a distinct difference between public worship, which is what we have right now going on. We're in public worship right now and private worship. And I believe this, that the public worship service is a direct reflection of the private worship that the people are doing individually. Did did everybody understand that? Did you get what I said there? That I believe that that whatever kind of worship that we have this morning, whether it be the kind that God wants or the kind that maybe God is not pleased with, I'm not to judge that this morning. I'm not saying anything about it. That's not my responsibility to figure out. But let me understand, however we worship this morning, I believe is how a lot of people worship the rest of the week. You know, this is just me, but I believe in having a quiet time with God every day. I believe that sometimes, uh, not sometimes, every single day, let me, let me just throw this out there. If you want to have a, a closer walk with God, because every Christian should be striving to have a closer walk with God, you should make it a point to set aside time every single day to spend with God. And sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we're busy, right? I mean, you know, you, you get up out of bed and, and you, you're just, you, you want to sleep as long as you can, get as much rest as you can before you go to work. And you get up, you slap your clothes on, you pour you a cup of coffee, you get in your truck and you head to work. And, and, and before you know it, you're working and you're doing your thing. And then you get to the end of your day and you go home and you're dead tired. I mean, you, you just, and the kids have got ball practice and this happens and that happens and, and you got to cook supper and, and then you go to bed. And before you know it, you know what you've done? You've completely neglected God for the day. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Has that ever happened to you? I'll say this and about Lacey. Just this morning, as I was walking out the door, I know Lacey likes to get up for her quiet time. I know she does. She, Lacey gets me out of bed. Or Lacey don't get me out of bed. Lacey gets out of bed before I do. And she goes down and, and she goes and, and she has quiet time. 
And I'm not saying that to brag on her, which I am bragging on her, amen. But this morning, I heard her coming down the steps as I was leaving. And I heard her say, Barrett, please go back to bed. You know why? Because her quiet time was about to be interrupted. It's just one of those things. Did you have your quiet time still? I bet you did, didn't you? But let me say that, that if, if something hinders it, and, and, and during that quiet time, you can worship God. Here's what I recommend doing during your quiet time with God. Now, I didn't even really plan to say this, but the first thing I do is I encourage you to, first thing to do is start praying. Pray however, however you see fit to pray. If it's just a spontaneous prayer, I like to sit down and, and write prayers sometimes, and sometimes I just spontaneously pray whatever. And I pray, and, and generally I pray for people, but I'm praying for my day. I'm praying for all these things. And I find that when I pray that I need to focus on God as well. It doesn't need to just be about me. And then I worship through the reading of the Word of God. You can worship through that. Worship just doesn't have to be singing and praying. It can be reading the Word. So if you open your Bible up and maybe you have a reading plan, maybe you don't, maybe you read through a book at a time, whatever it is, you can find something in this precious Word to worship about. Because it's about God. Amen. And then I would almost guarantee you, in fact, I would guarantee you, that if you would just worship God for just a little while in the mornings, that you'll find opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to worship Him the rest of your day and the rest of your week. And if we could do that, because remember, worship encompasses our whole life. Not just little bits and pieces of it, not just, just an hour a week, but our whole life. And I guarantee if, if, if people, if we could just worship in our private time, Sometimes you got to make it. You just got to. You just got to. You got to force yourself sometimes to find time because time is 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 a valuable resource. I get that. I understand that. But I guarantee that if you will make time for God every day, that God will bless you, and that God will be satisfied that you worshipped Him. And then I, I, would, I would guarantee this, that if we would do that, and we would all worship God, that when we arrive here on Sunday mornings, we would be in a worshipful attitude. And the Spirit of God would already be stirred up, stirred up in us. And the truth of God would already be stirred up in us. And we could worship God. God cares about how He's worshipped. And God is seeking us to worship Him. How? Two ways, in spirit and in truth. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And God, I just pray that you would add your blessing to this sermon. And that, Lord, people would understand how, how valuable our worship is to you. God, it's not that, that we can do anything that's great or wonderful or awesome. Because those are your attributes. But Lord, when we focus on you, and God, when we put you at the very center of our life, then Lord, we can truly worship you, and you will, you will be satisfied with that, and you seek that this morning. 
And God, I just pray that, that as the pastor of this church, that Lord, you would help me to, to, to cultivate a, just a, a mindset of worship in this church. God, I pray that in the singing that you would be glorified, in the preaching that you would be glorified, in whatever that we do, that God, you would be the centerpiece. And God, I just pray that you would find some people to truly worship you this morning. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.